sharing wisdom and speaking truth, this is the IPHC Leadership Cast. Hello and welcome to this edition of the IPHC Leadership Cast. And today we actually have a very special interview being conducted by IPHC General Superintendent Doug Beecham. Welcome to this Leadership Cast. I am delighted to have Scott Williams with me today. Scott is the uh, Chief Solutions Officer for Next Level Solutions. And I met him on an airplane a few months ago and actually had already been following him on Twitter uh, because he's very, very active on Twitter and Periscope. And his Twitter feed, by the way, is at Scott Williams. And I encourage you to follow him. You will really be blessed by the insights of this of this really great leader. Scott, welcome. We're delighted to have you here. Hey, Bishop, So uh, thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor and privilege to sit down and and uh, dialogue with you for a little bit. It's going to be fun. It is. Tell me, tell me about who you are. Tell our audience. Uh, are you from Oklahoma City and your church background and what you're doing? Okay. Yeah. So uh, Scott Williams. I currently live in Oklahoma City. I grew up in Claremont, which is right outside of Tulsa, and so grew up in a, a traditional Baptist church. Kind of you would think stereotypical black Baptist church. That was me. That's where I grew up in. I grew up on that side of the tracks. However, I got saved in the youth ministry on the other side of the tracks, if you will. Wow. And so, and so I was. Uh, I was a teenager and, and got saved, and then God really did a second work in my life about 17 years ago. My wife and I, we've we met over 20 years ago, and we have we have two children. We have a 17-year-old son, uh, Wesley, and we have a 13-year-old son, Jade, and so they're a senior in an eighth grade. And so, yeah, so I've been in, we've been in, I've been in Edmonds since 91. I came up here to get my undergrad and grad degrees, and uh, just a, a real quick uh, dose of my background. I got my master's in criminal justice, and at the wow. age of 25, I was the youngest prison warden in the country, and so, and I didn't know that time that God was going to use my time as a prison warden to prepare me for ministry, but I uh, ended up going into full-time ministry uh, somewhere along that journey. Wow, what a, what a great story. Yeah, I know it was quick. I just wanted to try to fast forward it. Yes, it, it's been a lot. It was a, it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a cool journey. I mean, looking back, you know, you always, uh, the, the great theologian Steve Jobs said it this way, <laughs> you can never connect the dots looking forward, only looking backwards. You know? right. So I think looking backwards, Good. I see, wow, God was really connecting some cool dots. For those of us here in Oklahoma City, and really a lot of people now around, especially around the USA, they, they know about Life Church, you know about uh, Craig Groeschel. And you had uh, some ministry there. Yes, actually, that's so. That's where we ended up attending church. So my family. That's really when when God did the second work in me, and we just really like made a commitment all in. We were attending Life Church, and I was attending for about six years before I ended up coming on staff. And so I left what I was doing at the time. I was doing some political consulting. I was doing some strategic consulting. I was a lobbyist and and doing some correctional consulting. And then when um, and then God just had a, a different call. And so we really we we prayed about it. We went through like the interview process. Right. And and once I went through the interview process, they had offered me a role. I just said, at the end of the day, through this process, I don't want, you know, this interview or this potential opportunity to be on staff at Life Church to interfere with, you know, our relationship with this being our home church. And so, but we really felt like that's what we were supposed to do. And we accepted the call. So we were on staff for about six years. I was a campus pastor. As a matter of fact, here at the headquarters where we're at, probably, you know, seven minutes from uh, this headquarter location uh, where we are now. And so I was a campus pastor there and I was at uh, both the the, I guess the broadcast location was Oklahoma City campus right. for a short season, as well as the Edmond campus where the corporate offices are. You're, you've got a great specialty and experience in leadership development. And uh, the 
you know, the ministry and business that you operate. Talk to me about that. Yeah, so whenever whenever we launched Next Level Solutions, it was really from, um, I've always wrestled with like, what is my life mission? My life mission, I say, is H-O-W, helping others win. Hmm. And being a young leader, had a, an old Marine that took a risk on me as a 25-year-old prison warden. And so it really, it kind of uh, really shaped the way I look at leaders and the responsibility that we have with young leaders. And so I've really always had an affinity for developing young leaders and just developing right. a leadership culture in general. And so, you know, as we started to have some success in the way we did things, maybe maybe a little bit different than the way other people did things, and that same concept of my life mission being helping others win, that was part of um, the impetus for us starting Next Level Solutions. And so now what we do is we say we help organizations with internal and external growth. So internal, we uh, have an uncanny ability to be able to come in and just assess what's going on, whether it's with a denomination, the organization, a church, see what's going on. And we try to say with internal, it's their structure, it's their systems, it's their culture, uh, where they're outside third party voice that's willing to come in and and tell that final 20% that a lot of times our team members won't tell us. And so we're able to kind of uncover some of those things, you know, as Andy Stanley, he calls them the old couches. And so what I like to call them is we try to, you know, um, reveal some of those trackballs because I think if you look at Blackberry's, one of the organizations that we use as an example, and I think Blackberry's biggest problem was is the fact that they held on to the trackball where you had Samsung and Apple were doing touchscreen, Blackberry, some very brilliant minds, some smart executives, they held on to the trackball. So we try to help organizations realize what that trackball is that maybe they're holding on to and how they need to change internally. And then on the external side, we look at their their marketing, their brand, the look and the feel. And so, so yeah, so it's it's lots of fun. We work everything from corporate CEOs to Fortune 500 tech companies to some of the largest churches in the world. Okay. When you're meeting, particularly with churches, Mm -hmm. local congregations, what are the, are there common areas of weakness that you tend to run into? Yeah, you know, this it's is really unfortunate. A lot of times with, with organizations, it's, you know, it's development of leaders, a leadership pipeline. A lot of times there's not that development of leaders. And so the development of leaders is not happening where it creates a vacuum. And so when someone leaves, they don't know what's going on or they, they, they're set back for years because they're, they're tied to these either leaders who are, are ineffective or they haven't raised up and developed a leader. So I think um, the lack of developing leaders is a, is a common thing that I see. And I think also, whether it's laity or whether it's uh, leaders that are actually on staff, I think that, you know, bury in the high capacity talent. I think it's really a parable to talents issue. I think that you mm. have leaders that, you know, especially as these generations are starting, you have three generations that are together for the first time, whether you're talking about corporate America or the right. church. And so if we have, no matter where you fall in that generation, if you have a rising leader that's coming up, that may be a great lay leader, that may have great success in business, we start to see them rise up and we start to try to hold them down. And so I tell people, don't bury your high capacity talent. Allow them to flourish create lines for them to be able to go and win. And if, and if leaders can sit back and understand that if they have great leaders, they get the credit and feedback as a team for the success. But a lot of times oh, we want to try to hold so-and-so down or we like to use the term, not, they're just not ready. Yeah. And all of us at some point in time were that leader that just wasn't ready. Yeah. And I think the beautiful thing about Jesus' model about the development of leaders is like, you know, whenever, you know, there's a couple of guys out casting their nets, you know, and he's like, hey, what's going on? I'm going to teach you how to be fit. I'm going to make you fishers of men not you're ready fishers of men like he said i'm going to make you fishers of men so make means there's a development process and so i think also people they don't want to develop they want people ready they want to have all the tools in there a lot of times their outlet is to fire them or get rid of them and so i think leaders have a responsibility to do that and i think also i think leaders holding on to tradition i think that if i would say a common theme and this is uh, globally i think that they're they're holding on to tradition like we we do this because we've always done it a lot of times when when leaders are giving me that response i tell them that 
that's a good indication we probably need to look at doing it a different way. Right. And you, so. you do your consulting work globally. Yes, sir. The, uh, and, and you're speaking to a denomination that's a global denomination. Do you find the, uh, the issues are fundamentally the same from nation to nation, culture to culture? Actually, I do, because I think people would think that, say, for instance, you know, even like in Africa or Nigeria, like in an all-black nation, we're in the States right now. I mean, there's lots of racial tension going right. on, and churches are trying to figure out this race situation right. or diversity in the church. You would think, well, they obviously don't have that problem in Nigeria. And man, it's, it's tribal. It's the same thing. Right. And so, I, and I mentioned in my book where I talk about, like, there's, there's so many different similarities. But what I will say is that, you know, some cultures will think that, like, for instance, in New Zealand, they think that Americans, like, we're maybe real cocky or arrogant aggressive because their culture is just it's just different police officers don't carry guns it's just a different culture so they so culturally they feel like we're a little bit different but they're still dealing with the same issues development of leaders and what do we need to do how do we need to do it South Africa just come from South Africa they look at like we, we're in a state right now depending on when you know people listen to this is like if you listen to it now like our election where they're like man give us your worst candidates and they would be the best candidate that we had and so sometimes there's some things that we take for granted there but I think the issues are very similar kind of around the around the world but in, in, in the u.s we're a little fortunate that we have the opportunity that you know with technology a lot of times that we're we're ahead of the curve there and we've taken some risks that maybe other other cultures have not but i think with the church growing the rate that it is and you're having the success of whether it's in a hill song in australia right. or other churches around the world that this the impact is is different i want to shift the conversation a little bit uh, and and, a, and I don't want to leave because I, I want you. I want I want you to say something about your book as well. But in a moment, I, I wanted to shift this. So let's bring it back to you. Uh, what you're doing and working with other people obviously flows out of what God has done and is doing in you. Absolutely. What are there passages of scripture, uh, a key text, or something along that line from the Word of God? that sort of is the wellspring out of which you minister. Absolutely. You know, people always say, well, Scott, you're just, a, they always call me a, a cup half full type of guy. And I really, I, I try to say, no, I'm not a cup half full. I'm a cup all the way full because I really believe Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And when I say all things, like I, that really means all things. That means anything, that means everything. So I'm gonna step into the boldness of what I'm doing, how I'm leading my family, when I'm stepping into an organization, when we're having a conversation. If you're like, I really believe it. And it's not in this cocky whatever, but it's like, God, God's saying, I got you. Right. You got this. And then, and then I, so I, I always connect that with faith because if we wanna have success, we have, to, we have to believe it. And so that's the believe it, not me, but what Jesus can right. do through me. So that's first. And then the faith component is what's key as well. Because if you look at the success and miracles all throughout the Bible, it's always about the faith. So it's right. the woman with the issue of blood. Your faith has healed you. You know, Jairus's daughter, your faith. You know, if you look at David, it's your faith. Like, right. you know, he's going against Goliath. So I think our faith and us believing, and when we start to believe, it, it's amazing how the conversation starts to shift, how our impact and influence right. on others starts to shift. All right, let's take that. Our, our time's running out. I wish we had more Man, time. This I know. Is we can do this again. I know it. I, I want to. I want to follow up on that. I think this is going to be out uh, before the November elections in the United States. Somebody's going to win, or maybe Somebody everybody's going to lose. <laughs> I don't. Who knows? What? Well, as you think about faith and your view of what's happening in, in the American church and American culture, what would you say to the body of Christ, uh, regardless who is elected president? 
what would you say? I would say this. I think that we have to understand that we have a responsibility because I think the the world and that's definitely our nation is looking at us like how are we handling this and so I think that whether and, and we're uh, the social media is really really uh, multiplied things as far as how people look at it. and I think it how seriousness they took it or even like it's a definitely a version of the media now so like it's real like we need to be real careful when we share so I tell people right. to use the gap method when they're sharing on social media make sure what they say is genuine right accurate and positive and so that's the gap method genuine accurate and positive so think before you post on social media I think as believers one thing we can do and I think the other thing we have to have this heart that we can disagree and still be agreeable right you know that's where I think you have so many people where they're talking about a denomination a pastor or whatever so many people we're so quick to shout out and 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 share what we're against if we focus on what we're for instead of what we're against that's the game changer because if we say why we're for candidate a or why we're for candidate B instead of why we're against if we stay on what we're for and if our guy yeah. wins they don't know but we fought for this one because that's what we're for and guess what we can disagree at the end of the day November 9th we can still be agreeable because yeah. Jesus you know Jesus isn't running so we don't have any perfect candidates <laughs> by far and guess what if Jesus was running there'd still be some people going oh he was hanging out with that Samaritan one people would still be complaining that's right. and so I think the biggest thing is we can disagree and still be agreeable great insight and I, the point you made earlier about the talents, mm-hmm. even in our own country, mm-hmm. we don't need to bury Absolutely. the talents we disagree with. Absolutely. You're exactly right. Tell, we got a couple of closing moments. If people want to read your book, name of it, where do they get it? How do they follow you online? How do, all of that. Um, the biggest thing you can follow me online is uh, at Scott Williams on Twitter. That's the easiest place yeah. to find me. And then I'm also Scott OKC on Instagram. I'm on Snapchat. I'm on Periscope at Scott Williams. So you can find me on any of those channels. Yeah. If you just Google Scott Williams, it, it, it's generally the first thing that comes up. Okay. I kind of go back and forth between the, the guy that used to play for the Bulls, the basketball player. But And, and this, my book, uh, the one we were m- mentioned earlier, is, is called Church Diversity Sunday, the Most Segregated Day of the Week. And it's based on insights and a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. over right. 50 years ago. And I tell you, with where we are definitely in the U.S., it, like we really have had a resurgence in people looking at it. It was released six years ago, but okay. now it's become a lot more popular in recent right. months because of obviously the situation and where we're at with our nation. So, I'll tell you what, we need to schedule to have you come back again. I would, it would be an again. honor, absolutely. Because I'd really like to have this conversation on racial issues and in the church and, and all with you. I think you bring a perspective. And even to have our own uh, director of African-American ministries, Stacy Hilliard, I'm come great. in and join with us. You guys would ever be a great conversation. Bishop, I'd really look forward to that. Thank you so much. Scott, thank you. Appreciate having you with us. And thank all of you for joining in with us uh, for this session. Uh, as you listen, make sure that you tweet out or, or send the link out, share it on Facebook or wherever you are. Uh, let other people know about this. This is a man you need to get to know and you need to be following. Scott, thank you again. Thank you so much. Scott Williams. God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of the IPHC Leadership Cast. For more information on the Leadership Cast and other church-related resources, please visit www.iphc.org.